After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That is right. We are here to talk about TV commercials. We talk about the good ones. We talk about the bad ones. And we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Blue, green, brown, blue, yellow, off blue. That's more of a turquoise, but I like it as well. (laughs) My name is Andrew Walsh. That's Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi. That voice that you just heard. Did you recognize it, dear ad counselors? That was Gary Cole, famous for, probably most famous for his role in uh, Office Space, right? Playing Lumberg, the annoying boss. Yes, that is certainly going to be the first line of his obituary. But Now, we're not trying to bury him early. Let's not bury Gary early. Um, but he, he is one of those character actors that is incredibly prolific. When you look at his IMDb page, he's been in a million things. There's, I mean, if you have consumed any televised media in the last 20 years you've surely seen something that he has either acted in or voiced he's been on an episode of rick and morty for christ's oh, sake oh really yeah he's just i know of, from veep very much he he's was a great, role great in, in veep. veep um he was uh, he was mr brady in the brady movies um so yeah he's one of those character actors who really steals the show i feel like he's a, st- a scene stealer Uh, wherever he goes. In fact, he steals a scene in a commercial, and this is why we are talking so much about Gary Cole. I had uh, the TV on in the background the other day. I had it on one of those... Do you know they have these 24-hour news channels now on cable? Yes, I think yeah, I, I had heard one something of those about on because apparently there's there's stuff going on in the world that I wanted to follow. And I saw a commercial with Gary Cole, and I sent it to you right away. I thought it was new. It's actually been around for about I don't know half a year or so. Um, and I wanted to play it for you, and we will in a little bit. And then I thought, you know what? Let's just see what else our boy's been in. And so I went into the. Uh, coal mine today oh my goodness yeah i did i said it uh and i found a bunch of commercials featuring none other than gary cole yeah so that's not surprising he's a talented and uh prolific working character actor so that's what we're gonna do today's show is based on one commercial that i saw with gary cole and we're gonna play all of the gary cole commercials i could find i'm suggesting we call the show a coal coal world I actually like working in the coal mine, okay. which you just was one you just did. I feel like there's the the possibilities are endless. Um, also, we will check in with the ad council. Uh, we have a jingle submitted all the way from Thailand. Wow! Yes, now it's an American commercial from the '90s. I'm interested to know if you remember the product. I did not, um, and uh, I saw you brought some stuff over from the Facebook page. People are kind of skeezed out over some yes there's been some heavy discussion about a new skittles commercial that may have finally uh broken some people all right let's start by uh going into the coal mine Devo is taking over I, our music. I lately. love it. I feel like Devo is kind of our. That's our speed. That's our speed for this show. I love it. And I was going to ask you who that cover was by. So 
Great. There you go. So the commercial that I mentioned before that kind of got me on this uh, Gary Cole jag was for a company called Cabbage. Now, I sent this to you at work, and you said, oh, yes, I love this commercial. So you're familiar with it. Can you set it up? Do you know it well enough? No, it's been a while since I've seen it. I've definitely seen it before because he's such a memorable actor, but it, but you'll have to set it up for us. So there's only one of these. Cabbage has a couple of other commercials that I think are, I don't know, they range in quality, I would say. But this is the only one with Gary Cole. And uh, he appears in this commercial thrice. It's for, a again, a product or a service called Cabbage, spelled with a K. And it's for, um, you know, it's like some computer-based service where you can get funding quickly or, or I think in sums of 5000 or $10,000 if you need something to right. complete a so project. So Cabbage is, is as in a slang term for money. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Did you see the... This kind of went quasi-viral. Um, I work for a company called American Public Media, and Minnesota Public Radio is one of the entities under APM. Did I tell you about this? No. So um, Amy Klobuchar has been, um, or during the debate, she said something like, show me the receipts. Right. And I believe it was actually- A common colloquialism. Right. Um, and- I believe National Public Radio did a story about oh. the origin of the yes. phrase. And then Minnesota Public Radio tweeted out the story. And I don't have it in front of me right now, but the way they explained when Amy Klobuchar says, show me the receipts, she's not being literal. She's she doesn't relying mean, she on doesn't slang. mean she has a, has some pieces of paper with prices and items listed on it. It is. It was it was so hilariously um, OK boomery. It was so great. Oh, here it is. Here. Here it is. I think I found it. The, the headline, um, again, I believe this was originally from National Public Radio and then like kind of packaged for NPR News. When Amy Klobuchar is really saying when she talks about having receipts, oh, I don't have the actual tweet, but it was delicious. Uh, delicious like cabbage. Anyway, um, back to this cabbage commercial. We see a, a group of people that are in like, I don't know, their company's warehouse. They seem to be kind of fretting over finances. Uh, they are probably a new company and they're like kind of in this warehouse area in the basement and um, they are talking about how they don't have any funds and then suddenly Gary Cole just walks out from the stacks. Yeah, we're going to need 500 more units pronto. We don't have that kind of money right now, Carl. You will in 10 minutes. That's how long it will take you to get funding through Cabbage. I know. I'm 10 minutes in the future, spokes guy. What's happening? Now they're all staring at him. By the way, I love that it's Spokes Guy. That's the name of the commercial, too. It's not Spokesman. It's Spokes Guy. Uh, and now... Just a short hop to Spokes Critter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hop, hop, hop. And uh, now that we've established that he's from 10 minutes in the future, some more Gary Coles are going to appear. And I'm 10 days in the future, Spokes Guy. That cabbage funding helped you win the Gundelfinger account. <laughs> Congratulations. What's a Gundelfinger? And I'm from 10 years in the future. Cabbage. Business funding in as little as 10 minutes. What'd I miss? See, that to me, the one, the, the joke at the end is a little bit off because if you're from 10 years in the future, you remember this moment. Yeah. You didn't miss anything. Yeah, I love the concept. Um, that, and one thing we should mention is 10 minutes in the future, Gary Cole's just wearing a standard business suit. 10 days in the future is where is has a tuxedo on with an open tie and a bottle of champagne celebrating and the then Gund the Gundelfinger the Gundel account. Account. The account and then 10 years is wearing what we have all as a society agreed is what future people will wear which is uh, a black turtleneck 
uh, get up with, under a suit under a, under a very fitted suit. To me, that's kind of like also signals kind of a um, a Jobsian level of success it's, for it's your company. It's a Steve Jobsy look too, but I also think there's an element of futurism to it that we. I bet you we could find a number of examples where people in the future wear black turtlenecks. But yeah. um, I'll start a I'll start a Tumblr. Um, but I agree with you. Like I love him. He's funny. Why is the writing not just a little bit better? Because you're right. Like, why would the tenure in the future guy not? He should come in with some big reveal. Mm. Not what did I miss? Yes. yes, I agree. This is the time for the um, wait. No, the Gundelfinger's money all came from Nazis. I mean, that's a, just See, one that, idea. I, I just, that's just okay. one idea. Calm down, Dr. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I overdoctored that <laughs> you one. You might bit. have overdoctored that a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, no. It should be. It should be more. Um, it should be more success. It should be yes. um, him flying in on a helicopter because yeah. he's so rich, or something along the lines of that. Right. Um, but uh, but generally speaking, I found it very charming. I'm just in the bag for Gary Cole. Love Gary Cole. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. I'm going to love him in all of these, no matter how bad they are. Now, I le- I actually asked you, don't dig into the show sheet too much today, because I want you, because a lot of these I experienced listener, for the first. <laughs> I was happy to not do any work. I experienced. At Andrew's a specific request. <laughs> That's right. I did not do any prep work today. Because this was the first time I saw a lot of these commercials, so I wanted your immediate reactions to them as well, uh, including for this next one, which is which is another. Um, you know, what? Just real quick. That cabbage one, you asked me if I'd seen it, and I it does, it does look familiar, but I could swear that I remember a like a series of ten minute in the future ads that they I did. I couldn't find any others. I, I did, probably I misremembering. I'm, I it, but I it, it when you when I saw that that was the premise of the ad that that's the name of the ad. I thought like, oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, because it seems like you could bring this spokes guy sure. back into a bunch of different scenarios. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, the way Captain Obvious does mm-hmm. his his bit. Right, right. Um, this next commercial is for another, I, kind of a similar, you're not going to be surprised to hear that Gary Cole is going to appear in a lot of commercials for businesses. Yes, he looks like a businessman. Yes, and of course, he became famous for his role as Lumberg in uh, Office Space. Generic business guy. Exactly, and so he's actually going to reprise that role in a lot of these, uh, including this this one here for him. You think Mike Judge gets a, a paycheck every time? He should. I because, mean, he created it. Yeah. Um, hip Chat. Have you heard of Hip Chat? I haven't. It sounds terrible. It is like a business team software. It sounds like a joke of a product that they would make up on 30 Rock. My guess is it's like Slack with more business tools built into it. Something yes. along those lines. And in, Isn't that what I just said? <laughs> and in this one, um, he's straight up reprising his role as Lumberg. He's he got comes the pink in, shirt with the white cuffs and the burgundy uh, suspenders. Holding a mug, big uh, wire glasses. And he comes up to an employee and you will hear he wants to keep on um, scheduling more meetings. And Genevieve, wait till you see who this employee is. Meeting in my office at 11, okay? But we just came from a meeting. <laughs> yeah, this one's to onboard the account team. 
<laughs> let's just say it. It's Darcy Carden. It's our girl Darcy Carden from, from The Good Place. From The Good Place, who just, I, I mean, there's so much talent on that show, but in so many ways she steals the show, I think. I love her In a show full so of much. outstanding talents, she is a an acting tour de force. I mean, I realize how much I love her she, today. She, she had to win that. She needed to win an Emmy for the episode where she where, where she plays everybody. <laughs> right. I don't know if she did or not. She should but have. She should have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I realized how much I loved her today when suddenly I was surprised to see her on my screen and I just was overcome with this emotion. I'm like, I don't even know this person. It was like when I was watching an episode of Mad Men recently and um, like some some woman, some like minor character with like one or two speaking lines uh, is in the scene. And I'm like, oh, it's Flo. Oh, right. It's Stephanie yes. Courtney. Right, right, right. Meeting in my office at 11, okay? But we just came from a meeting. Yeah, this one's too on board the account team. It's done. We're working together in a dedicated hip chat room. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Let's just go <laughs> ahead and meet in my office at 11, okay? But we're finally getting work done on our one o'clock. Ooh, we should probably meet around noon and go over that. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it says, don't work in the past. Hip chat. Pretty good, right? Yes. I was sort of interested by the styling of that ad. The He is very much in that early 90s sort of, uh, it, it, it had a real like um, sort of Reagan era. I know that's a little bit post Reagan era, but but that look of the suspenders and it's kind of got like that Wall Street look. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course like he wears. Yeah, movie Wall Street. Yeah, like that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But, and that's definitely, you know, what he looks like in the movie Office Space. But the office that Darcy Carden is in, and clearly the business that is going on around them, is very much more like a startup space. Like it's mm-hmm. couches and sort of bean bags and very like uh, whimsical uh, industrial chic furniture, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the look. Yeah, she and there's a colleague behind her who's another young woman who's like on uh, a couch, and they're just kind of. And so maybe you can imagine that there are. This is a place where there are cubicles, but these younger workers don't want to be in a cubicle. They're going out to the lobby or wherever right. they can set up with their he laptop. He looks so out of step with right. that company that he apparently has a senior job in. But Right. Um, so that's one of two commercials. This next one is a long one. It's a minute and a half, and it's the same character again, this time a blue shirt with a white collar and cuff, suspenders, and he is leading an all team meeting that's like him in a again a kind of a very modern looking workspace with uh glass walls in this meeting room and a whole bunch of young people who are just over it and here's him leading the meeting what's happening <laughs> i know today's a holiday but we need to do a little catch up here okay beginning with how we can work better as a team so how can we do better? Okay. More meetings. More meetings. <laughs> That's right. Secondly, we need to work on our team bonding. Like last month's rock climbing outing, a lot of great bonding took place. Just ask Rick. Where is Rick? Rick shattered his tibia. Ooh, right. Did everybody sign the card? <laughs> great. Okay, next topic. Electronic mail. Email. So I'm going to go ahead and ask to see more bulk on your threads. Because remember, okay, volume equals confidence. Now I want to pause here. So he's standing in front of a, um, you know, projector screen. And 
He says, I want to see more bulk on your emails. And when he's talking about bulk, he's talking about that thing. I don't know if it still even exists anymore. You don't see it on Gmail where you have the original email, then somebody replies, then somebody replies. And each time it puts like a little arrow so that as the email gets older and older, all the content gets pushed further and further Into to the right. Into a more narrow and narrow column. Yes. And as he's talking here, you're just going to see more and more of this quote unquote bulk. As <laughs> So you're seeing an email as it scrolls down on this big screen and it's just getting uglier and uglier. And this is where you're going to hear the drop from the top of the show because it's also color coded. Okay. Terrific. Ah, you see this bulk? This bulk is great. Mmm. Look at it go. It's overwhelming. Blue, green, brown, blue, yellow, green. Getting kind of hard to read the words. Off blue. That's more of a turquoise, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it's a little, that one's a little bit fat, I would say. I mean, it's a little long. It's got but a little it, too much bulk yeah. for my taste. Yeah, yeah. I love it as a little movie. Yeah. I love it as a little revisit with Lumberg. Like, what's, let's check in with Lumberg. What's Lumberg up to? I didn't get a strong sense of what the product is. I know they're trying to make you understand what it is not Mm -hmm. that it is not the old way of doing email and it's you know like anyone who's ever used slack or teams as my oh yeah microsoft teams microsoft version um you know it it is that there is a more modern way of doing sort of like basic communications with people and setting up meetings and sharing documents and everything like that but that one was a little bit of it felt a little fatty just to kind of let mm-hmm. Lumberg stretch his legs. Do his thing. The know? whole thing about the company retreat where somebody fell like that's not really on mission of what no. you're talking. I mean, it does. And it let me does tell you what's not. Let me tell you what's not out of style. Company retreats, yeah. which are still in style. I actually feel like the short commercial does a much better job of making me at least feel like I know what the product is. Yes. Yeah, I could be wrong about yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing it. We're talking yeah, about the product. Right. We're doing it right now. Yeah. But he like wants to slow everything down. Yeah. Uh, okay, this next one, he once again reprises his role as Lumberg. This is for all uh, State Farm. Genevieve, this commercial I'm about to play for you is maybe the worst commercial we've ever played on this show. At least that is worst really that is something. not like supposed to be bad and campy, but from national sure. product. Totally me, unintentionally bad. A lot of stuff is going to happen really quickly, so I'm going to try to set it up ahead of time. This is one of those State Farm commercials where you just say, uh, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and then an insurance person shows up to help you right away. They really dropped that. Yeah. So these two young guys uh, are walking out of work, and and they, they seem very young, by the way. I was trying to figure this out. Like, are these, like, famous kids who are famous on YouTube. Are YouTube are, stars? Yeah, exactly. Like I did a lot of one of them is Josh Brenner, who's big head on Silicon Valley, but he's not even one of the main ones. He's an intern who will show up later and I don't think he has a speaking role. Um the one guy is Jeffrey Larson. He seems like he's a bit of a bit actor right now. He's done he's got some roles. He's got an IMDB page. Jordan Dunn is another one. Again, been in a few things, but like I thought for sure I was, and I might be, dear ad council, let me know if yeah. I'm missing the joke on this because this is the worst commercial I've ever seen. Maybe. It's up there. So two young guys leaving work. One of them sees that his car is stolen. He's, you know, he's seen empty space and maybe some broken glass on the ground. He does the song. An agent shows up right away. She says, I'm going to, uh, don't worry about it. I'm here. I'm going to handle this for you. Then Lumberg comes out of nowhere 
and starts making some comments. He's like, oh, it looks like you're going to have to walk home. And I, by the way, I know that I'm belaboring this, but I had to watch it a bunch of times with the visual yeah, yeah. cues to tell what was going on. He says, oh, it looks like you're walking home. He says in such a lecherousy way, I thought he was like, like kind of... Um, it comes off in the commercial like he's saying something something lecherous about the woman because she's an attractive woman, but he he's really just looking at the spot saying, it looks like you're going to walk home. And then he but asks... He, but he like over creeps it. He kind of over creeps it. And then he asks something of his two employees who are still standing in the parking lot. So the other kid sings like a good neighbor State Farm is there. And this time, instead of an insurance agent showing up, an intern shows up with a big binder of something that he then hands to the boss. And that, and then at the very end, something even more bizarre and inexplicable happens. I'm just going to hit play. Bro, where's your car? It's okay. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, hey, Jake. My car got jacked. I got it. Ladies. Guess you're walking. Okay, yeah. So also he calls he calls his two employees, his two male employees, ladies. Right, which, which is loathsome, but he is a loathsome yeah, character. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. Guess you're I, walking. Can you pause it for a sec? Yeah. One, the one whose car got jacked, he's not the same actor, but he looks and gives off a vibe a lot like the... Eh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was kind of like... He has different hair, but he kind of looks like the O-Face guy from Office Space. Like, are they yeah. trying to recreate... A vibe. I mean, clearly they are to some degree because they've got Lumberg, and this feels like kind of an office park mm-hmm. style location. I kind of wondered if they were trying to like, in some way, evoke the whole movie. Like they're trying to find actors who kind of fit those roles. I don't get that. I don't yeah. think. You know what? I do think I've seen actually. I think this this floppy haired kid mm-hmm. in the State Farm. He's in some other State Farm commercials. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think he has. Is he the one who like uh, asks for the girl from upstairs to be deposited? To he like remember how there's like State Farm commercials where they like they do the jingle, the agent shows up, and they say, "Bring me a pizza." Boom, you have a pizza. Bring me the girl from upstairs. Gross, but boom, there she is. Oh, uh, I remember that commercial. I don't know if this is the same kid I or not. I think it's the same kid. Okay, but just so you have the same experience, the holistic experience here, I want to start from the beginning. Because this is like, I don't know, it's just so many ideas yeah, at once. Yeah, too many ideas. Bro, where's your car? It's okay. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, hey, Jake. My car got jacked. I got it. Ladies, <laughs> guess you're walking. You got those figures for me yet? Uh, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there with an intern. Nice work. Casual Wednesdays. <laughs> okay, so both of the young men suddenly have an idea. Casual Wednesdays. Then everybody is wearing casual attire. Mm-hmm. The intern is now wearing shorts. So they ask for an intern who gets him the report that he who, who immediately right. appears with the report that he requested. They the the fantasy the this is that era of State Farm commercials where you can not only have them fix your auto claim. But ask for any, they're like a genie. Mm-hmm. They can just grant wishes. So the intern shows up with the figure. I don't know why they ha- why they can't just say binder. Binder. But the he arrives with the figures that Lumberg requested. Then they ask for casual Wednesdays. Like which, they both have the idea at the same time, and now and now they're doing like these Bill and Ted poses. Like, yeah. dude, and Lumberg is in full on old fashioned golf attire. Right. His version of casual Wednesdays is like nineteen twenties golf wear. And he seems like 
really chill about that too. He seems very comfortable and excited to be in his golf clothes. Nice work. Casual Wednesday. Oh, what? Then at the very end, the one guy, the one casual Wednesday guy just gets in Lumberg's face and goes, what? Yeah. Why? It's really bad. Like, it, I just keep on thinking that these two were a duo who were famous for something, and they're reprising something, and that's why he's yelling what in his boss's face, but his boss isn't giving him grief anymore. He looks happy to be in his Lynx outfit. It just makes no sense. Yeah, this feels like it was written by committee. This is so bad. Yeah. Such a terrible This commercial. is one of those ones we talk about where, like, 50 jokes made it, you know, were done in the writer's room, and these were the three that somehow made it through all the all the edits really bad yeah very bad angry me i'm not mad at gary cole though I'm no i mean State he's fine i'm just and, and, also and to I a kinda, lesser extent those two young actors i really don't like those actors in yeah. that either um okay would you believe that i have one more where we see gary cole as lumberg i would believe it it was a very popular <laughs> it movie it really was now in this one this is a commercial for world of warcraft but instead of reprising the role they just take a scene from the movie and replay it. It's exactly the scene from the movie. It's the scene where oh, I can't remember the name, the main character's name in Office Space. Whatever the guys who who's had enough of it, right? And right. He's just done with it. Um, and in the movie, he's sitting behind his desk talking to Lumberg, and I believe he's playing Tetris or he's playing some dumb video game on yeah, his PC. Yeah, I think PC. it is Tetris. <laughs> in this one, it's that exact scene. Nothing has changed except they put when you see the computer screen, and it's an old-fashioned computer. It's World of Warcraft on the computer screen. So, Peter. Peter. What's happening? There it is. Now, are you going to go ahead and have those TPS reports for us this afternoon? No. In fact, look, I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and just come back another time. I got a meeting with the Bobs in a couple of minutes. Somewhere else you'd rather be? Join over 7 million players in an online world of legendary adventure. World of Warcraft. Try it for free at Warcraft.com. Read it T for T. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good idea. Get That's the rights. That's a great idea. Yeah. They got the rights. They, the only things they changed are the, what's on his screen is World of Warcraft. And it looks like they digitally inserted a copy of the game that's sitting on top of his monitor. Yes, right, yeah. I love it. Simple, I love it too. effective. Yep. And it's also, there's a, a secondary joke, which is it's just funny to see somebody playing World of Warcraft, a uh, highly graphic game on this, like, 1992 <laughs> era yeah. computer. Um, in this next commercial, which is for the Chrysler 300, by the way, this is a commercial that I could only find on Vimeo. And sometimes when you can only find a commercial on Vimeo, you think it might be a spec commercial right. created by a director. Um, and I meant to look for secondary sources on this. I couldn't find it. But um, this it, 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 it has the hallmarks of a real commercial. It's pretty polished. And, um, uh, and once again, Gary Cole is, guess what? The boss. Now, here's this. Now, he's not Lumberg in right. this one, but he is a boss. But I feel like every time you make him a boss, you are just hammering another. You're trading on his Lumberginess. Exactly. You know? And this one, coincidentally, also in a parking lot. Not for State Farm this time, but um, he's in a parking lot and he sees one of his employees drive up in this nice looking Chrysler 300. And the employee is in the car. Gary Cole is outside of the car. They're talking through the open window. And clearly what the issue here is the boss thinks this car is a little bit more pricey than it really is. And that raises suspicion. It is kind of a cool looking, like it looks like a, a 
pretty, you know. It's very shiny. Yeah, I don't know. It's got like it, it has some like heft to it. I kind of like the Chrysler. Is I don't like crazy? the grill. I don't like that grill. It's got a big, wide mouthed grill. It feels like a Cadillac if you're not going to buy a Cadillac. Yeah, I don't like the Cadillac grills either. No, I don't like this. Nice ride. I don't recall giving you a promotion. You didn't. Well, someone's been embezzling from the company, and it's not Jenkins. Ooh, huge touchscreen, Apple CarPlay. Yeah, it's loaded. But after the great deal I got, this starts at about the same as that. It's not me. Then who? Janice? <laughs> <laughs> we see another employee, Janice, who is parking her helicopter yes. in the parking lot. Good commercial. Very good. And I think, to talk about invoking office space. I mean, mm-hmm. embezzlement is a main plot point from that movie. Um his parking space is a main is a is a recurring motif. Um, oh, it in is. That I movie. didn't remember that. Yeah, at one point, I think um, Peter just like rolls on up and parks in Lumberg's oh, space. That I mean, yes, I do remember that. It's a source now. of conflict. Yep, yep, yep. So I think like it's not a direct parody the way some of these other ones have been, but it is. It's reminding you of a lot of like what you love about office space. And certainly, you know, hiring Gary Cole is the first thing. By the way, um, I don't know if uh, I have figured out here that this is indeed some sort of an official promotion. I assume it aired on TV. It's exactly 30 seconds. The name of the um, the name of the commercial, in fact, is promotion. Um, and it appears on everything from the auto show uh, website to other things as well. So I don't think that was just a spec commercial by somebody just throwing something up on Vimeo. I love the whole idea. Or I'm interested in the whole idea of commercials that um, are premised on the idea of a product that you buy that in some way relates to your promotability or makes you look like you belong in the you know in the corner office or there have been a bunch of those i mean i always the the one that i love the most of course is um if only gary used some bounce to dry oh right um because he's he's and they sing over here he lip sings a foreigner song i believe it's uh it's i don't want to lose your love tonight but it's they rewrite the lyrics about a wrinkly shirt right i'm trying to remember what the lyrics are but my brain is broken doesn't matter. Oh shit! Uh, Gary's meeting clients from far away, but they only see his wrinkles. That's great, Beavs. Good job. Okay, I have one more Gary Cole commercial here. I went digging deep, man, to find this one. There is a apparently very popular video game series called Hitman. In fact, it even spawned two movies. The- I'm making the shrugging emotion. Yeah. <laughs> um. The first movie apparently was a flop by critics' standards, but actually brought in a lot of money. The first one, I think, or the movie starred um, Legolas, right? What's oh, really? Face? I didn't. I didn't know that. What's that dude's name? I wouldn't know, but I know Legolas. He's an elf. He's an elf. Um, anyway, this is a commercial slash promotion for uh, the the video game Hitman, and in this one. They decided, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom, of course. They decided to have a Gary off. And in the video game Hitman, you are an assassin, of course. And you go around uh, killing people. And they decided they were going to put either Gary Busey or Gary Cole 
as themselves in this video game as a target to kill. But first, they decided to have um, the uh, audience weigh in via Twitter oh, by man. either tweeting hashtag kill Cole or kill Busey. And so in this commercial, you just see images of um, both Garys uh, looking at the screen saying vile things about themselves to make you hate them. I kidnapped vegetarian kids and raised them on meat. I don't know if you could. I had trouble telling what he was saying the first time. He says, I kidnapped vegetarian kids and raised them on meat. That, of course, is Gary that Busey. That, of course, is Gary Busey. I clip my nails on public transportation. <laughs> I think plagues are hysterical. I stole a baby from a candy store. I make funny faces at blind people. I kill the dinosaurs. I bludgeon a baby seal with another baby seal. <laughs> I walk old ladies into traffic. You can only kill one. Vote with hashtag kill Busey or with hashtag kill Cole. <laughs> and at the end, I mean, it's kind of visual, even though they're just standing in front of blank backgrounds. Seeing Gary Cole, they pixelate it, but he just calmly, coolly, like, flicks off the camera. He yeah. flicks off you, the viewer. Whereas Busey's, like, got all this energy and he's, like, yeah. frenetic. Busey's Cole so just, out of control. And Cole is just, like, being, like, really, like, Cole is more hateable here. Yes. But people wanted to see Busey in the... In the video game. Is I that probably, who won? Yeah, that's or who lost, ended up winning. <laughs> or lost, yeah. Uh, Cole did not end up in the video game, but um, but Busey did. I'm going to read. Uh, this is, oh, this is In a, a just from, world, Gary Cole would be more famous than Gary Busey because I think he's a better and more talented person. Yeah. But Busey's just such a he's weird, crazy. weird, crazy yeah. force of nature. So um, Busey did appear in one of the video games as a target in 2016. So you, one of your objectives was you had to kill Gary Busey. Uh, that's all I have for Gary Cole ads. But you put in a request. You said while you're digging around in the coal We're mine. We're so close. Can you just see if there's any Gary Coleman ads Yeah, Gary there? Cole? Is he is he a Gary Cole or a Gary Cole man? I I thought I I considered trying to create some sort of quiz around this, but I wasn't clever <laughs> That'd be enough. Pretty hard. Um, I'm gonna play for you two different Gary Cole. Of course, Gary Coleman played uh, Arnold in different strokes. Yes, I actually mispronounced. It. There's no T. I realize today it's an apostrophe. It's you different say, strokes? Different stroke with an apostrophe in there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think that there's a T. I oh, think there's it's no the e. e. Yeah, so it's not different strokes. It's, it's not different strokes. It's I different. think different is like a heart, it's like a cholesterol medication or something. Different strokes. Okay, anyway, uh, this commercial, if I'm to believe the internet, and the internet has been good to me, so I do believe it, came out um, in 1977 before... Gary Coleman was in Different Strokes. This is a commercial for Harris Bank, which I believe was a Canadian bank. I could be wrong about that. Or maybe they were a bank that another Canadian bank kind of took over. But they had a mascot, which is a um, lion named Hubert the Lion. Okay. And if you opened up a bank account, you got a free Hubert the Lion doll. Apparently, these things were the rage. You can find old Hubert the Lion dolls on eBay. Like, there's Wikipedia pages dedicated to him and so in this commercial from the late 70s a pre 
different strokes, Gary Coleman is encouraging you to open up a bank account so you can get another Hubert doll. Well, it's that time of the year when you can get a Hubert doll at the Harris Bank. Just open a savings account with $200 or more. Now, how cute is this? So he was sitting on an armchair with his Hubert doll, which is almost the size of him. Yeah, it's a big doll. I don't know what you were picturing, but it's like a big stuffed animal with like a great big cartoonish lion face. Um, And it really is, you know, probably two and a half feet tall or something. It's so sweet. And um, of course, this is the late 70s. So um, uh, Gary's wearing a little t-shirt with like, it's like a little little jersey (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. and makes you so sad. He had a very troubled Yes. Yes, and um, he's reading. It looks like he's reading to his doll, and then he closes the book and starts talking to us, and then he's walking through his house upstairs to his bedroom as he's giving us the pitch. Well, it's that time of the year when you can get a Hubert doll at the Harris Bank. Just open a savings account with $200 or more, or add $200 to a savings account you already have. If you got a Hubert doll in past years, get another one. You know... You can never have too many Huber dolls. You open your closet. <laughs> <laughs> and like you a, can never save too much money. You should have a Harris banker. A whole you bunch. should have a Huber doll. <laughs> a, hu- a, hu- a bunch of Huber dolls fall out of the closet and kind of bury him, and he says that last line from a pile of them. That child was a talent. Yes. The way he's able to like command the camera, he's walking kind of, he's facing the camera, but he's kind of wa- he continues to walk forward, so he's like. I mean, that's got to be a huge challenge. He is owning that. I mean, the way he, he commands the camera and, like, stays with the camera. And it's it's very cutesy, obviously. But it's like, you see what a talent he was. Mm-hmm. Like, what a, you know, why he rose to fame. And that's where this gets just heartbreaking. Because I, I went I from probably his first ever commercial, I'm assuming, um, to the end of his career. Of course, he passed away in 2010, and uh, near the end of his life, um, he, well, like, during his adulthood, he just ran into all kinds of financial issues. Um, he declared bankruptcy. I'm reading here from an NPR uh, article. He sued his parents and manager in 1989 for misappropriating several hundred thousand dollars of his uh, earnings from different strokes. In uh, 1999, he declared bankruptcy. He became a security guard to make ends meet and ended up in court after punching a bus driver who says he was harassing him for an autograph. He'd also been charged in domestic violence incidents or a domestic violence incident. Incident, uh, the year before he died. So his life was really a mess. And the, um, what's the word? Scumbags at a service called Cash Call, which is basically a loan. I mean, it's basically loan sharking. They've yeah. been sued. They settled with the state of California, but it's one of those kind of payday loan companies uh, that has a, uh, a, a criminally a high interest rate. 59%. How is that legal? And they got Gary Coleman to be their spokesperson because he was, at this point, famous for not being able to get money. Yeah, I mean, they're exploiting his, uh, just, his troubles. This really breaks your heart. I love you, Cash Call. Cash wired right into my account. No one else would lend me money. Not even my relatives. Cash Call, you're awesome. If you need to borrow cash for any reason, call 877-860-CASH. 
Did you see this thing? At, what see is, cash. What is that? I love. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm messing this up. What in the small print? There's tons of small print on this. <laughs> yes, and uh, it gets smaller. Actually, it's like an eye chart. Yes, it gets smaller. The APR for a typical loan of uh, twenty six hundred dollars is ninety nine point two five percent. Yeah. Ninety nine point two five percent. Yeah, it's it's I, it's criminal. It should be criminal. I mean, it is criminal. They got sued. They still exist in some form. I was on various cash call websites today, but you know, they got a guy to uh, who you know was just yeah desperate, in really rough times, desperate to literally reference his rough times. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's sad. No, it really that really bums me out. And seeing that little boy and how talented he was, and I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was horribly exploited by the adults in his life, and mm-hmm. that led to his tragic adulthood. Well, so, what a great note to end that on. I'm so glad I suggested a, that. We had such a good time, and then you're like, "What about Gary?" And Cole? then I was like, "What about Gary Cole? What's he up to?" What about Gary Cole? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind Well, let's uh, let's turn those frowns upside down with some uh, input from the Ad Council, shall we? Okay, but since this is a commercial podcast, tell me whose slogan was that? Turn those frowns upside down. Uh, I want to... Could it have been Toys R Us? I want to say... Crouch cream. Yeah, no, uh, I think it was to- Toys R. It was definitely a. It was definitely it was. Which was the one with the kangaroo? Because the kangaroo would. It, that wasn't Toys R Us, right? It was um, the kangaroo would come and jump on the frown in the middle until it bent until it was a um, a smile. Yeah, well, I don't think it would have been Toys R Us then because they had the giraffe. Right. Um, it was Kitty City, maybe. Um, toy store. Let's see here. Kitty City. Wow, look at you. I wasn't, you know, as I said, Kitty City. I wasn't sure um if that was local or not, but I, I, I guess don't remember not. that as a toy name. Looks like this commercial might be from the nineties. Searching for something for your little girls or boys, and you're finding high prices but not finding toys, and you're sad and you're blue and you're tired of running round. Let Lionel Kitty City. Lionel Kitty City. Yeah, I I don't think they made up that phrase, which Right, I guess. I'm not sure I've ever seen those ads. I am 100% 100% digging those ladies um, cool like at the beginning when they're sad they're dressed in sort of like dull gray and dark clothes and then they get transformed into like bright yellow and hot pink 80s power suits mm-hmm. so I'm digging that I love it yeah that's probably maybe late 80s then maybe early 90s they yeah. were started in the 1960s uh, at one point they operated 150 stores um, I'm trying to see if it was regional um, looks like they went uh Filed for bankruptcy. Well, there's hardly any toy stores left, huh? Yeah, I mean, I guess people just buy them online, right? I, guess I still so. love the feeling of going into a store dedicated to toys. I mean, what felt more like a fantasy land? I know as a that's kid? a sad, sad state of affairs for mm-hmm. the children. Um, let's see here. By Won't ni- somebody think of the children? <laughs> by 1993. Um... <laughs> Won't somebody please <laughs> think of the 
children. By February 1993, Lionel had closed all but 29 stores in six states, um, concentrating on the markets of Philly, New Jersey, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland, so that that remained one of their kind of hot zips. Um, Anyway, that was interesting. Well, uh, it was. Um, We got to listen to a fun commercial from the 80s. Um, this first one from the Ad Council, though, is about something that has... I knew we were going to have to talk about it, and I was just kind of waiting for somebody to to make us, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen this one? This is for, for Yogurt Skittles. Yes. Do you remember we were out last weekend, and um, I got a text from somebody who sent this to me, and so I, I watched it with you at the table, but I couldn't hear the audio, but... So I don't. I still don't know what's going on, or if it makes any sense. <laughs> but I don't I know mean, if it's supposed to, to say, make sense. It makes as much sense as your standard Skittles commercial, which is to say, it has a narrative, but it takes place in a very alternative reality. So what goes on? So here? what goes on? It's fifteen seconds long. Yeah, it's a real quickie. I don't know if there's a longer version out there. This is what I've been seeing. There's a young man in a very fancy mansion, and he's kind of in a big. Um, you know, den or or some sort of like parlor. It looks like he's kind of set it up for his own enjoyment. There's like an arcade game in the background, but it's also very like old style fancy. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in a big plush chair. Exactly. Sitting in a big plush chair, but he's a young sort of hip looking guy. Like he doesn't look stuffy. He's wearing like modern clothes, mm-hmm. but he calls for his butler uh, to bring him some more yogurt Skittles, which are, I guess I haven't had them. Um, and not because it's not something I would ever eat, but I guess they are a regular Skittle that's got a you know a yogurt coated like a like a yogurt covered raisin. Mm-hmm. Um, the butler and I'm kind of narrating this whole thing because I'm not sure there's a ton of of audio. And it happens so quickly. It does happen quickly. The butler arrives, uh, or, you know, takes takes this order, then goes into a whole separate room in this mansion, and finds this drippy figure kind of emerging from a I guess a walk-in freezer or refrigerator and it's it's barely human looking i mean it looks really alien it's it's, you know it's dripping it's humanoid but it's just it's just dripping yogurt the butler uh like delicately sticks one single skittle into the yogurt guy the yogurt guy has some sort of like convulsion that may or may not be sexual in nature um and then he, the butler removes the yogurt-covered Skittle, brings it back to uh, his employer, uh, young Masta, and, uh, and that's, the, that's the commercial. Higgins! More yogurty Skittles! Yogurt boy! Creamy! Fancify the rainbow! Taste the rainbow! Yeah, the um, yogurt boy, as is clearly his name, is real disturbing. It's the stuff of nightmares. It's terrible. It's really terrible. It's dripping it's, and drippy. Is this gro- is this the grossest Skittles commercial to date? No. If you'll recall, it's also interesting that the yogurt boy has just been kind of staring into the refrigerator. It doesn't look like it lives in the refrigerator. It looks like it's been like doing that thing that we all do sometimes where you open the refrigerator <laughs> and you just stare for a while because you're not really hungry. You just don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't know what the exact habits of yogurt boy are. No, there's a grosser one where I can't remember the. Oh, it's coming back to me. It's coming back to What's me. What's the chocolate Skittles we talked about? I don't know. The one I'm thinking, though, 
is there is a boy who is still connected to his mom via umbilical cord, but the oh, boy yeah. is like in his 20s or late bad. teens. And I believe the mom is eating a Skittle and then it's going, we see it go through the tube into the adult son's body and then he says, mmm, and he maybe says the flavor or something along those lines. Yeah. That, I would still take this over that. Yeah. Barely, but yeah. Yeah. This is grosser than Skittles pox. Oh, definitely. In my opinion. And actually, I mean, maybe they've just beat us down. Like, you have Skittles pox, which was just so absurdist, but it set the stage for so many brands and for Skittles itself to just keep going further and further down this weird, absurdist path that Skittles pox, compared to this one, actually makes more sense somehow. <laughs> Right? Right. Like, you can see living in a world of Skittles pox. And, I mean, you can see how it would be a contagion if you were to eat. I, again, it's a stretch. <laughs> but at least, like, in both of these, like, very short 15-second commercials, that one has a narrative that makes more sense to me that I can explain as opposed to Yogurt Boy. There's a million different things in this one that I cannot explain. Well, uh, you mentioned, like, sort of Skittles opening the door and paving the way. Um, but listener Corinne reminded me of something that we have talked about on this show before that I actually wonder if it wasn't a source of inspiration for this particular mm-hmm. ad. Do you remember Little Baby's Ice Cream? I do. I thought of that immediately when I saw this. Yeah. So for those who don't remember, um, Little Baby's Ice Cream was an ad for this, I think, fairly obscure brand of ice cream um, that had a person who was essentially made of or covered in white ice cream or I guess made of it. We debated this on the show. Eating their own self and getting progressively dumber as they eat their own head mm-hmm. made of ice cream. And it was it was sort of done as more of an art project, I think, than we I think we covered it in our auteurs episode. I think we've covered it a couple of times because I think you brought it to my attention, but then it came up again. I'm actually looking at our old notes from last year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but I think I ended up finding an interview with the creator of it and talked about what he, and I believe it was a he, what he was trying to do with it. I can't find it right here. I'm looking for the pull quotes, but I can't find it. But should we... So... The visual is it's kind of a close up on this again, let's just call him like an ice cream man. Yeah. But one of the most disturbing things about this one is you can see the human below it more. Yeah, it's not digital the way mm-hmm. Yogurt Boy is. Yogurt Boy is clearly created in a computer. Whereas this you can still see like the Little Baby's pa- ice cream is wearing practical effects. And I think purposefully leaving some areas of it a little bit thinner, like the pink around the eyes. You could definitely fix that in post. You right. could you could take these lips and make them more pure white, but by around the kind of head holes of Ice Cream Boy, you see a little humanity peeking out, which yeah. is especially Just gross. Worse. Should I hit play on this? Yeah. It's like when an animal has human eyes. There's good reason for my glistening skin. And how I shine. And how my pores are so clean and clear. He's eating ice cream out of the top of his own head. It's so gross. It's so I eat gross. little baby's ice cream. It keeps me young. It keeps me light on my feet. I spring from activity to activity. I love my job. I love my life. When you eat little baby's ice cream, you'll wink and nod and hug and high-five each other with great enthusiasm. 
This is a special time. Little baby's ice cream. Ice cream is a feeling. You mentioned that he gets dumber. The narration doesn't... I, there might be another one where the narration starts to warble at the end. I don't recall. But in this one, you see on the face that the face is becoming more manic yeah. and separated from reality. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that the the creator uh, kind of gave us... Gave, mentioned something about that uh-huh. in the interview. Yeah. I have to believe that the Skittles people... Were inspired. Were inspired. It's I too it. similar. I believe it. Um, oh, this whole thing. Oh, this whole thing. All right. By the way, you have you have a cold. I'm watching your cold literally get worse as I sit across from you during this show. Like there is a chance it's that you have the virus. Cold. I don't. I but mean, I a mean, cold is a virus. You're the one who told me that everybody's going to get the coronavirus, and it's yeah, for many is... people, it's going to be just it's going to take the symptoms of a more yeah. mild flu or but cold. I believe a cold, like a just a regular old common cold, is also a coronavirus. It's just not the novel coronavirus. Okay, yeah. So in a sense, I do have coronavirus, but not the coronavirus. How do you know? And I'm not saying that to be flip. How do you know that? I guess I don't know it, but I don't have any respiratory things. It's just a just a little bit of a. You know, a runny nose. Okay. Well, you're the only person who uses that microphone, so that's good. Yeah, okay. Um, So anyway, this is from listener... Speaking of coronavirus, this is from listener David, uh, who writes, I was wondering if Corona, the beverage maker, the beer, was being affected by Corona, the virus. I think controversial here... Oh, sorry. So um, uh, David sent sent us an article uh, about a... A new campaign from Corona. Corona, like uh, every other beer maker on the planet, is doing like a hard seltzer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are doing uh, their hard seltzer and their their brand, their tagline for it is coming ashore soon. Yeah. So the combination of Corona, coronavirus, and coming ashore soon made people feel that um, this new campaign was in poor taste. Um, but David writes, I think controversial here is a stretch. Um, that's like saying it would be controversial to sell a product with aid in the name during the AIDS crisis. Now, we'll get to the the Corona uh, campaign in a second here, but I I laughed out loud when I saw that 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 was the example he used because fun fact that literally happened during the AIDS crisis. Really? Yes, there was um there was a diet candy called a diet candy. Yeah, it was like a it was like a a candy you would eat. It was like an appetite suppressant. Uh, and it probably didn't even work that well. It was originally made with, I think, like uh, benzocaine or something, which just like dulls your senses so food doesn't taste as good, which is like, that sounds nuts. Mm-hmm. But it was called AIDS Diet Candy, A-Y-D-S. Oh, my gosh. And it actually was released, and I think a fairly popular product, uh, before the AIDS crisis began. Um, but by the mid-1980s, this is from Wikipedia, by the mid-1980s, public awareness of the disease AIDS caused problems for the brand due to the phonetic similarity of names and the fact that the disease caused immense weight loss in Oh, patients. wow. Yeah, there's even a connection there, huh? While initially sales were not affected, by 1988, the chair of the um, parent corporation announced that the company was seeking a new name because sales had dropped as much as 50% due to publicity about the disease. While the product's name was changed to Diet AIDS... It was eventually. Keep digging. (laughs) Keep digging. And there's just something to me about the phrase diet AIDS that is just hilarious. Mm -hmm. Just so, such a fail. 
so hilariously bad. But it's not even a fail, Do you though. Have AIDS? Because... Well, no, I have diet AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. The correction is a fail, but it's also not their fault if their product was around first, you know? No, it's not anyone's fault, but like, hey, here's an idea. Don't just go with diet AIDS. Just go with like, you know, skinny pill. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's ridiculous that they tried to keep AIDS in there. I would like to clear something up because I've been hearing this on very, you know, like kind of references to it on sports shows and what have you. And you see it going around this idea that Corona beer sales are uh, suffering because of the coronavirus. There was a headline going around that had a terribly small sample size that made it sound like almost 40 percent of Americans wouldn't drink Corona because of the name coronavirus. That has been that sounds like a pushful to me. In fact, I'm looking at Snopes right now. Like, God bless Snopes, by the way. I can't believe that a small plucky operation started by a husband and wife who I believe now are divorced and incredibly private. They just started as a couple who wanted yeah. to debunk stuff. And, and it used to be like crazy going. things like, was there really, did someone really get murdered by a hitchhiker when they stopped to right. pick them up outside of a prison? You was know? there really a hook on the yeah, door Yeah, was there really handle? a hook on the door handle? I mean, it used to be like really not so stuff like that. Now it's like... Hey, did President Trump really say that you can right. cure coronavirus with the flu vaccine? Right, right. And yeah, I mean, we need it more now yeah. than ever. And I think they have a small team. But um, here's, uh, it says, I'm reading directly from Snopes here. Take, for example, the following article whose headline and subhead misleadingly implies that the Corona brand had experienced a steep drop off in sales because potential buyers were being scared off. Uh, the headline is from the UK. Makers of Corona report £132 million loss as a result of the coronavirus. Snopes goes on to say, what the text of the article actually reported was that consumers had not suddenly become afraid of Corona beer, but that multiple brands of beer, not just Corona, were experiencing relative sales slumps in China because of the spread of the virus. Like, it's just so irresponsible and dumb and Facebooky and yeah. and sports radio-y to just like let this fly around. And another thing with this article, so this article that I uh, that um, that David sent us is not implying is not suggesting no, 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 that, no. that people are afraid to buy it because of the name. They're saying that this particular campaign for this hard seltzer is sort of in poor taste. It's coming ashore soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it does note that Corona sales of Corona is at the lowest it's been in two years, um, but it's more. It's not so low compared to its normal. It's just not a winter beer. Nobody mm-hmm. buys it in winter. You buy it in summer, and that's their whole brand is summer beer. And here's it's, this Snopes article is really good. I'm reading it on the fly here. But I said 40% before. It's 38%. The, the uh, misleading headline was that 30%, 38% of Americans would not buy Corona under any circumstances now. That's what the actual um, study asked. Would you buy Corona under any circumstances now? 38% of respondents said no. That was a survey of 737 American beer drinkers. But they didn't ask because of the virus. These are just 38% of people who have no interest in drinking Corona. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're racist. Maybe they don't like Mexican beers just because they don't like the way they taste. Like, 
it's just it, it has Maybe nothing to racist. do with the virus. I don't know, but like for whatever reason, somebody would under. I mean, to say under no circumstances would I buy Corona seems a little bit extreme yeah. to me. But it there's they didn't. It's not because of the virus. Yeah, and if you've never bought a Corona in your life, why would you start now? That's right. And by offering a statistic in conjunction with other information about the coronavirus, the piece again misleadingly suggests that consumers were being frightened away because of the name. But it didn't provide readers with the questions that the poll subjects asked, nor did it offer any context. So anyway, I'll stop reading directly from quote uh, from Snopes. But that's important to know because I, everybody was just running with it because it just fits into this great narrative. We're covering all this serious news, but now let's talk yeah. about how it's hurting Corona it's, beer. Yeah, such an so easy headline. And, and I mean, I think like it's hilarious to see memes on, you know, Reddit or Twitter of a bunch of beers next to Coronas and they all have face masks on the beers. That's, to me, a funny joke. <laughs> I didn't see that. Um, but yeah, no, as as Corona says here, and I'll let Corona have the last word, while we empathize with those who have been impacted by this virus and continue to monitor the situation, our consumers, by and large, understand there's no linkage between the virus and our business. Yeah. Yeah, our, your consumers are not all morons. Congratulations. Um, I'm going to move on here to read an email from Rachel. She says, there's a puppet festival here in Seattle next weekend, and I just read the bio for the headlining act, and I thought immediately of you guys. Now she's quoting directly here from the press release. Terish Jagedo Pipkins will be the inaugural headlining artist. Most recently, Jagedo had been uh, had the pleasure to work with national recording artist Missy Elliott on her music video, WTF, Where They From. He controlled the Pharrell puppet and did some puppet building. He also worked on the Amazon Echo commercial featuring Missy Elliott and Alec Baldwin oh, as yes. puppets that we were just talking about recently. Oh, so well, that's Rachel, the guy who thank you very it. much. Rachel is a... I don't know if puppeteer is the proper word, uh, but she works with puppets herself. She says, thank you for the podcast. I love listening to it while I build puppets and cook separate activities. <laughs> Rachel from Vox Fabuli Puppets. Oh, I love puppets. That's pretty cool. That's great. That's pretty cool. Check it out, by the way. You can um, Google Rachel and find her YouTube page with some of her puppet-related projects if you uh, Google Vox Fabuli Puppets. I will do that. Very cool. Oh, my goodness. What? Mm, I know you're not feeling well. Do you know what time it is by any chance? Is it jingle time? Head council, it's jingle time. It is jingle time. Thank you for asking. Uh, we you, got you asked me, <laughs> and I told you. Well, I, I believe guess you your said, response was. Time? You said, "Is it jingle time?" That's right. That's a question. Uh, I'll let Alicia take it from here. Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. This is Alicia in Thailand. I was just thinking of you because I heard a jingle from my friend that just came out the other day. It goes like this. It's a baby bottle pop, baby bottle pop. And I'm pretty sure it just repeats that exact chorus indefinitely. Mm. Maybe a keychain in the end. Anyway, love you guys. Love the show. Bye. Do you remember this product I, and or commercial? I sure do. Do you? I did not. This is a 15-second version This was I from found. an era of how to describe it. Infantilizing candy. And also really three-dimensionalizing candy. Yes. There are all these things a lot in the of 90s. Candy devices. Candy devices. Ring so you pops. Start, you start with the Pez. That goes way, way back. Yeah. And then ring pops kind of are the early version of like turning candy into toys I feel or like, blurring the line. I feel like um, what's the stuff that you would dip 
in you'd had like a little okay, yeah. white stick that I you never would had dip that, it in. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I f- there was a lot of like, how can we make candy more interactive? Right, you're not just eating it; you're somehow like, you know, you're like operating it. Right. I'm trying to think of other examples. Well, this is an example right here. It's called Baby Bottle Pop, and it's tiny little, literally. And this is what I don't understand because these are. This is going to be aimed at like tweens or older kids who you'd think would not want to be associated with being a baby. That's the age when you don't want to be called a baby. Yeah, I guess so. Although, has every gen? I feel like every generation there's a little bit of like, I don't know, like baby play. Really? Does that make is sense? Is this getting Freudian? It gets a little. It sounds a little Freudian. Huh. But I. It feels true. Feels true. Well, well good. <laughs> Truthiness. Uh, this is a commercial for Baby Bottle Pops. It's a bunch of kids. Again, I'm going to say like uh, grade school to middle school. And they're eating their baby bottle candy, which is candy that is in tiny little baby bottles. And you can like remove the nipple, you fill it up, and then you put the nipple back on. And now you're having a good time in middle school. They look like babies. Hey, it's baby bottle pop. It's a baby bottle pop. Just stick the pop, dip it, and shake it. And lick it again. It's a baby bottle pop. Baby bottle pop. Baby bottle pops. The candy pop you lick and dip. Ugh. <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, especially listen. right now, as yes. like my whole world is consumed with the need to be constantly hand washing and, and yeah. sanitizing and don't be like nobody where I work now will shake hands. You have to bump elbows. It's like, yeah, that's everybody's yeah. saying. So the idea of a bunch of dirty tweens like dipping a, a rubber nipple into some sugar powder and then shaking it up sucking on it and then dipping it again is like it's stomach turning and what it's also just so hilarious to hear okay so they come up with a jingle baby bottle pop okay it's catchy but then in the middle they have to explain what you do with sure. it and so it's like it's like it's not me even when liquid. I'm trying to make you laugh when I just start singing a song <laughs> and I'm just being very literal listen to the instructions baked in here into the song even though it's not it doesn't really work yeah they didn't bother oh to have God. an actual lyricist come in and write <laughs> yeah. a song that in any way sounds like a song they're and just like what? just you know what just keep the guitars going uh-huh. and we'll just say what it does okay so you shake it you lick it and then what do you do lick it again oh you lick it again <laughs> you can sell anything well, thank you so much, Alicia, for that trip down memory lane. That was a lot of fun. And that thank was you to a, all the ad counselors for the for the great feedback. I had a lot of fun on today's show. Yeah, thank you, everybody. By the way, I do know that I have some more jingles on the voicemail line that we didn't have time for today. Ooh. So thank you very much for that. But keep them coming because we'll burn through those way too quickly. 607 444 5597 is the phone number. That spells 607 444 5597. You can find us on the Facebook group. Welcome to our new members. I just approved a couple of folks this week. It is great to have you. Um, if you are not on the Facebook group and you refuse to be on the Facebook group, or if you are and you just like email, because emails, electronic mail is pretty cool. Uh, email at us at after these messages show at Gmail. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Wash your hands. Anything.